0: Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook the Marvel Universe. With the guests, we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the evil version of, well, the more evil version of a kind of evil fascistic leader. Mike!
1: I actually prefer the orange sexual goblin now.
0: Ah, uh, well, you know. It's it's not that because guess what we're talking about Hyperion two,
1: Hyperion two. This time it's personal. Oh,
0: it it, it was like legitimately more personal when he showed up. But
1: I know that's why I said it, Jesse. Ah, uh. Just guess what? I can mobile too. Uh.
0: Yeah. So uh, uh. what do you know about Hyperion two?
1: Nothing. Literally nothing.
0: Okay, uh, so do you know anything about Hyperion 1?
1: (laughs) I recognize the name more than anything. Um, Was he in Siege? Robot Thor was. I might be thinking of somebody else.
0: You're you're not thinking of that person.
1: Third person, this is Hyperion. Yeah, that's definitely not who I was thinking of. And wow, those underoos are long.
0: what, What does Hyperion look like?
1: So, um... He's like... The most silver age sidekick as of adult buff man. Uh he's got a golden cape. He's got it's like if the WWE championship belt was also somehow superhero trunks.
0: Also pirate boots. Uh,
1: <sighs> oh my god. The <laughs> <Your> weird boot <laughs> fetish. And I, he's it's a lot. Like it is, some, it is a Venture Bros character. Like he 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 looks exactly like a Venture Bros character.
0: So um yeah. So Hyperion too. Um, we covered first the first Hyperion in our Squadron Supreme episode, the three hour Squadron Supreme opus. We did.
1: Good lord! It was three hours. Yep, we
0: had twenty four characters to talk about.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so Hyperion, a real name is Hyperion, at one point (laughs) thought his, uh, at one point thought his name was Zib Ran. As you do. Yeah, you know. Um, his occupation was criminal adventurer or for, and former health club manager.
1: Hmm. As you do, his
0: his identity was secret, no legal status. Other alias, Mister Kant.
1: <laughs> As in apostrophe T or Kant, like thieves can't from D and D, like K A and T. Oh, like the philosopher, but spelled like pronounced wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, oh no! Are you
1: sure he wasn't Mister Kant?
0: No, because there's supposed to be a play on Kent, because he's, he's a Superman past Oh, age. he's
1: not Superman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, he's,
0: he's like, he's a not Superman. Uh, he's single. Uh, known relatives, Ooh. inapplicable. You might
1: ask why. I've never heard of her.
0: Um, A group affiliation is Squadron Sinister, later ally of Master Menace. And uh, his first appearance was a very nice Avenger 69.
1: Nice, 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 nice.
0: And uh, it, that came out in October 1969. Nice,
1: nice, nice.
0: 69. Nice, nice. And uh, it was called Let the Games Begin. And I
1: don't like. With the Games, but 69.
0: <laughs> nice. Um. And I am not a big fan of most of what's going on on this cover. So, this is back when the Avengers had the mighty Avengers, uh, Nom the Plume, and it featured
1: <sighs> Kang. Nom to Avengers? Ooh, what's the Nom to Avengers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so it was, so you had, uh, it featured the supervillainy of Kang oh, the Conqueror wow. and the uncanny growing man, and we're not talking about Goliath who can grow. We're talking about the, the big dude, who is growing. And we're also not talking about Yellow, oh, wow. uh, Yellow Jacket, who can also grow. There's so many growing people here.
1: This is like a really shit statue could just get big.
0: Yeah, and Kang the Conqueror is just like, I'm gonna shoot you on this guy's shoulder. And it looked like uh, the Black Panther's climbing up it. Um,
1: who is this himbo Captain America in the blue pirate boots?
0: Uh that is that's actually uh, Clint Bart for very really? briefly he was a uh, Goliath Huh Yeah it didn't last long
1: Much like his costume apparently
0: Well I mean it it, it basically they covered up his nipples and that's it like it's just like it, you got you got some short I mean you got the you got the short pants on top of tights and then, and some, and some pirate boots. And then you got a real dumb cow, and his nipples are covered up. And you also have-
1: Yeah, it's it. Wow.
0: Yeah. And you also have um, Thor just kind of, like, holding on to the, uh, the growing man's face, about to hit him in the face. And then the Vision is just like, I'm gonna grab you. And Black Panther, blending in really well, is climbing up the arm. And Yellow Jacket is just kind of- Holding on, while well, I guess it's probably Janet Van Dyne or the Wasp, um, being perhaps
1: just a it's a terrible bad, plan, it's a
0: bad bad cover.
1: Just everybody's just it's like this guy's the acrocrag, like everyone's just trying to climb it.
0: And you know what the you know what the like the bad thing about it is the next the next uh, one, which is a comic I own, the floppy of um
1: i mean most covers are better than this aggro crag looking stuff
0: <laughs> yeah so um but yeah that's so you may think hyperion 2 but he showed up in the 60s there's no hyperion before him technically hmm. Um.
1: so technically hyperion 2 is the first hyperion well
0: there's a there's a reason why his uh known relatives is implicable um so, his final appearance was in Squadron Supreme issue number 8, uh-huh. which is a pretty good issue of Squadron Supreme. So, <clears throat> the Elder of the Universe, known as a Grandmaster, once journeyed to an alternate Earth inhabited by the Squadron Supreme to stage a contest of champion with, time, with the time-traveling uh, Scarlet Centurion. The Grandmaster's standard method of playing games was to choose a team of champions to engage in combat with another team selected by his opponent. The Grandmaster used the squadron as pawns for his game, while the Centurion assembled various of the squadron's enemies as the Institute of Evil. Winning the contest, the Grandmaster resolved to create his own squadron for the next time. He needed uh, superhuman pawns since the original squadron was unwilling to participate in further games. So basically, the Hyperion was just a copy of the original Hyperion. That, that was a mm-hmm. Rikon. So, the Grandmaster returned to his own universe, and journeyed to the future, in a period where Kang the Conqueror, and challenged him to a game. Kang chose members of the Avengers to act as his champion. And as his pawns, Grandmaster used three Earthmen from the Avengers' own time period and transformed them into the counterparts of the squadron members. Nighthawk, Doctor Spectrum, and the Wizard. The Grandmaster also transformed non-living, extra-dimensional... matter into the living counterpart to the Squadron Supreme member Hyperion and invested it with consciousness, artificial memories, and duplicates of Hyperion's own superhuman powers. The new Hyperion believed he was Zib Ron, a space explorer that had been born on another dimensional (laughs) world of Utrinium, which Hmm. was located in one of the which was located on one of the so-called microverse.
1: Ah, the microverse. First
0: microverses, I should say. According to the false memories given to him by the Grandmaster, Zebran was off his home planet in a spaceship when a dimensional rift close to uh, Eurytrium I cannot. I'm gonna say that differently each time. Was bombarded with the extra dimensional energy from the first atom split by the homemade cyclotron, by Earth-made cyclotron. The energy was somehow magnified and traveled from Earth to yttrium universe through the rift, and that energy called yttrium to explode, bathed in the strange energy of his exploded, exploding planet. Zibran was endowed with vast superhuman powers. Zibran uh, believed that he drifted hopelessly in the void until he was discovered and rescued by Grandmaster, who transported him to his own universe. The Grandmaster named his uh, named his superhuman being he created Hyperion after the Titan of Greek mythology and gave him a distinctive costume. And introduce him to his new versions of Dr. Spectrum, Nighthawk, and the Wizard. These three were uh, became known as the Squadron Sinister. Believing that
1: God, go ahead, sorry, uh, God.
0: Believing that the uh, his native world was destroyed by a cyclotron on Earth, Hyperion was determined to take his vengeance on Earth and its people. Now I think they made Hyperion's official. Official thing that his, uh, that the atom, that, uh, that the atom that was used to. uh, That, that they, that they split in the first, uh. Atom bomb was, was Hmm. like where his world, the Microverse world was.
1: Of course. Yeah. So. There's a thing I love about Marvel and or dc just like i guess specifically marvel because dc is always like i'm gonna reference the show riverdale for a second Uh, a friend of mine and i were talking about that just on principle the show and i used the phrase that the writers of riverdale all got together and collectively burned all of their chill in a barrel before they wrote episode one and i feel like DC is a similar aspect of just like no chill ever, and I love when Marvel decides they're going to go dark. They just go with like, "Hey, what if that universe got that microverse got destroyed when we exploded the first atomic bomb?" Like, whenever Marvel tries to burn their chill, it's either too grim dark or so cartoonishly dark that like, well,
0: it. Well, the thing is, they're going specifically for a Superman pastiche, like the whole Squadron Sinister was Stan Lee's take on the Justice League. Mm. So Doctor Spectrum was uh, Green Lantern, um the Wizard mm-hmm. was The Flash. Nighthawk was Batman, Warrior Woman, or Power Princess, depending on which one you was
1: Power Girl, obviously.
0: No, Wonder Woman. Uh I
1: don't know who that is. Oh
0: uh, yeah, if you t- yeah you definitely don't know who Wonder Woman is.
1: No, who's Wonder Woman? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Wonder Woman? Yep, that's it. Exactly.
0: Um and then there was also other, other people. There's the uh, Golden Archer,
1: the alien human killer. <laughs>
0: there was Golden Archer. Um, it was the, supposed to be Green Arrow, obviously, and um, a couple other people. Oh, um, amphibian was uh, K- oh, Kingsley. It was Kingsley Rice. It was uh, his name is Kingsley Kingsley Rice, which was supposed to be. Uh, the counterpart for Aquaman, whose name is Arthur, uh, Curry.
1: Oh, good <laughs> lord.
0: <laughs> no, I love Amphibian. He's one of the only people with morals in, in the, in the, um, Squadron Supreme DC book. DC
1: universe? Oh, sorry, the Marvel universe. No,
0: no, no, in the Squadron Supreme book. The Avengers defeated the Squadron Sinister in a game between Kang and Grandmaster. Hyperion himself was defeated by Thor. Thor used his hammer to remove Hyperion's superhuman powers and shrink him and imprison him within a small glass globe. Uh, By the way, before uh, in the 60s, the hammer, uh, Thor's hammer, could do basically anything.
1: Yeah, I was looking into some of the description of the issue, the original one, and he said to teleport a bunch of people, so...
0: Yeah, he lost his ability to time travel at one point after...
1: Oh, no. After...
0: After putting a whole planet into time, like inside of time instead of outside of time, it was it was in limbo, the temporal limbo where there's no time passed. So mm. he just time timed it to be exist in time.
1: But there's um, a a personally like a famous nerd posting on a website of who would win in a fight. That This feels very much in that vein of Hulk versus Galactus and somebody said Galactus would just snuff the Hulk out of existence and somebody said the Hulk would get so mad about that he'd punch his way back into existence and I feel like that's very much the kind of argument here of Thor being like, oh, at this point it doesn't exist in time. Now it does.
0: Well, yeah, well he lost his ability to time travel afterwards. I mean... Oh, no. There, there was charge. There was amount of charge, and he used all of them. And it turns mm. out it takes a whole millennia for it to come back. So, you know.
1: So, basically, never, based on how time passes in the Marvel Universe. Well, it takes
0: once a universe, uh, and, um, well, he gets, like, a hundred charges every universe restarting, and he just used all of his charges, and now he has to take a super long rest. <laughs>
1: So it'll be like 2000 or 2000 the year like 5000 before he can do it again based on how time passes in the Marvel universe.
0: Well, it will be it will be after Franklin Franklin Richards uh goes into the uh next universe.
1: Hmm. Uh because I mean it'll be when it'll be when John Romita the 50th is anime, like, drawing the comics.
0: Oh, well, that just happened in the comics.
1: It just happened in the comics.
0: Yeah, history of the Marvel universe. Basically, it's uh, Galactus telling uh, Franklin about everything that happened in the Marvel Universe before he dies. And Franklin's going to be the person who moves into the next one. Hmm, yeah. It was actually pretty good, I liked it a lot. With the game over, Grandmaster abandoned the members of Squadron Sinister to their own devices. And eventually Hyperion was freed from his glass prison and returned to his normal size. And given his superhuman powers... By the alien Yolala non who Yol Brenner, what? Who was named Nebulon? Who's who are we talking about later? Because Nebulon did a lot of fun stuff. Um, Nebulon also ate a Squad of Sinister so member Doctor Spectrum and the Wizard. And
1: uh, what? He ate them. He re- he aided them. it. Yeah. I really thought you said ate. For a minute, like he ate those two people.
0: Yeah, in return the squadron uh agreed to aid uh Nebulon in taking possession of the Earth. Nebulon was a prospector who sought wor- worlds in mineral uh with mineral resources that could be utilized by his own water breathing race. Nebulon wished to take custody of Earth with all of its land mass submerged under water to to make it easier for his uh race to mine the minerals resources. Hyperion, Doctor Spectrum, and the Wizard pulled their resources together to make a uh, laser cannon capable of melting Earth's ice caps, thereby flooding uh, much of the surface world.
1: Hmm. Uh, Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, they said that they could sell the planet to a <laughs> to a alien.
1: So it's the it's the the oldest con.
0: Well, they were going to drown a bunch of people. Oh,
1: right, no, it's just like, there's the, an old con is selling the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Like, you don't own it. You can't sell it. Like, you're just gonna... Con people.
0: So, so Nighthawk, who was un- an unwilling accomplice in the proceeding... Uh, however... Uh, Anne, appalled by the other's plan, contacted the Defenders for help. The Defenders... Swiftly traveled to the Arctic and engaged the three others squadron member uh, other squadron members in battle. finally, Nighthawk fired the laser cannon at Nebulon, unable to absorb the cannon's energy. Nebulon seemingly imploded and appar- apparently obliterating Hyperion Doctor. Spectrum, and the wizard in the process. however nebulon was actually transport, actually transported him to an other dimensional world, Zar, inhabited by the Lubberdites. <laughs> <laughs> Nebulod used Lubberdite technology to transport Hyperion, Dr. Spectrum, and Wizard back to Earth, where they again battled the Defenders, but, were also, but, also def- uh, but the Defenders also defeated them again. Uh, one of the defenders, the sorcerer Doctor Strange, cast a magical spell that caused Hyperion and his two allies to forget their evil pasts in their superhuman powers. In Hyperion's case, Strange caused him to forget uh, his belief that he was an alien uh, being who other di- who other dimensional world was destroyed. <sighs>
1: Okay. So that's cool.
0: making Superman forget about Krypton.
1: Sure, yeah. why not?
0: Under the name Kant, uh Hyperion became the manager of Arnold Colombo Health Spa-, Spa in Queens, New York. <laughs> wonderful so thundra who is uh where she went to apply as uh apply for a job as an instructor at the spa now thundra please listen to my thunder episode if you want to hear some buck wild stuff but basically she comes from a world that was uh, basically it was it's was all done through matriarchy and basically, a bunch of a bunch of dudes from another universe that was all patriarchy was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna we're gonna beat you guys up." And so she went to the 21st century to basically stop that from happening. And instead, she just got super horny for Ben Grimm.
1: I mean, who hasn't?
0: I mean, she is he is very strong. So immediately afterwards, the Avengers uh, the Avengers. Uh, Known as the Black Panther, the original Miss Marvel. And the Vision entered the premises in order to contact Hyperion. On seeing the Avengers, Hyperion soon regained his memory. Including the the, the false ones that was given to him by the Grandmaster and attacked them. The Vision, however, convinced the Hyperion rather than seeking revenge on all of Earth, he should take constructive action by finding the scientist who accidentally destroyed uh, Eurtrium and prevent them from ever destroying another so-called micro-world. So basically, he just rolled really high on his persuasion check. It's like, don't fight me!
1: I love how much of comics does just feel like somebody rolled a nat 20. Uh, uh, but
0: of course, since there was never really a Eurtrium, uh, Hyperion's new quest was futile, and he soon returned to his attempt to take vengeance on all of Earth. Hyperion encountered the Hyperion of Squadron Supreme. The then latter Hyperion traveled to his Earth from his own. The Squadron Sinister Hyperion then used the other Hyperion's dimensional transporter to journey to Earth of the Squadron Supreme also known as Other Earth, or Earth in Earth-S. The criminal Hyperion hoped to find a weapon on Other Earth that would enable him to destroy both Earths. It was on Other Earth that Hyperion first met the heroic heroic Hyperion's arch-nemesis, the criminal sci- a scientist Emil Burbank, a.k.a. Master Menace.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
0: However, the criminal uh, Hyperion was defeated through intervention of Thor and was imprisoned in a cell and that somehow, like, made it to where he could like, use his powers.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Hyperion was eventually contacted by Representative Roxanne uh, Oil Company, who wished to elicit his services. Roxon Dimensional Resource Division demonstrated that Hyperion, even though he, his native world was destroyed, and uh, identical divergent counterparts of Eurytrium existed in alternate realities. Of course, Roxxon would never be able to find the alternate Eurytrium since Eurytrium never existed in the first place. I like how everyone's just gaslighting him.
1: Yeah, like, hey, we did—we discovered an alternate world where your universe still exists. We could never find it, but we discovered it.
0: The representative, Roxanne representative, proposed that Hyperion brought Thundra to Roxon, And Roxon had employed her for a time. Roxanne would send Hyperion to one of the alternate Utreums. Thundra had been offered a similar reward, transporting her to her alternate future Earth. In recompense of the work she's done for Roxxon, Hyperion agreed to the bargain and contacted uh, Thundra, who was working as a professional record, uh, wrestler at the time. Hyperion and Thundra then went to Roxxon's made Imph pro- uh, project uh, laboratory, where the inth projector I mean projector, uh, a means of interdimensional travel, was kept. Now. Uh, now opposed to the Amor Roxon, Thundra stole the uh Inth Protector and fled. Hyperion was strongly attracted to Hydra uh, to, to Hydra, yes, to Thundra, and joined her into hoping persuading <laughs> to her uh, to come to an alternate Utreum with him via the Inth Protector. In the end, however, Thundra used the Inth Protector to send herself to the alternate future, Amazonia. <laughs> Unwilling to lose her, Hyperion flew after her in the interdimensional nexus, and in the nth protector uh, created just before self-destructing. So, uh, basically, he was so horny he went to a different dimension.
1: I mean, we've all been there. I
0: mean, I don't know. I think I may. I, I feel like that sometimes.
1: I mean, that's basically the Mantella effect.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's, you're just so horny, you change dimensions.
0: <laughs> you're so horny, all of a sudden, you misremember stuff about how things. are How spelled. to spell
1: Berenstain Bears? <laughs> you're so horny, you forgot <laughs> how to spell the Berenstain Bears. I get it. We've all been there.
0: <laughs> you're just like, oh man, I'm so horny. I sure hope those bears are
1: spelled the same way. <laughs> you get so horny, you forgot when Nelson Mandela died. It's fine. It happens. <laughs> <sighs> you got so hard, you forgot if Curious
0: George was an ape or a monkey.
1: <laughs> oh god. oh god. I mean, listen, I'll say this. I talk about this on the equalizers. I do I have what I, I jokingly refer to as a Mandela effect moment where I swear to God I remember Ewan McGregor being Sky Captain in all of the promotional materials I saw as a kid. It's Jude Law. And it is. Like, I I accept that I just misremembered it, but it is a thing where I would have sworn on my life Ewan McGregor was Sky Captain and everything I saw as a kid that was promotional for that movie.
0: Well, for a long time, I don't know if this is a Mandela fact or something, but I saw the second, like, the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventures. and
1: The Bogus Journey? No, Bogus That's Journey. That's the second story. one
0: bogus journey oh, no, yeah, like I just, for,
1: just to make sure i knew which one you were bogus talking journey. about like a... sorry
0: i saw bogus sure. journey around mm-hmm. the same time i saw uh wayne's world 2 mm-hmm. and i mixed the plots together
1: <laughs> i mean they're fairly they're similar enough at points but, that i but, don't blame you
0: but like i could have swore for most of my life that that uh that the Wayne's World had, had Pilot in it, and that they fought ro- uh, that they had ro- built robots of themselves and, like, all that like, how, like, the Bill and Ted Bogus, journey, uh, bogus adventure, like never mm-hmm. existed, it was just Bill and Ted um, it was just, uh, Bill and Ted and then there was Wayne's World 1 and 2
1: Yeah, I just, like the closest I've ever come to a Mandela Effect thing was just me, for whatever reason, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but, like, I remember the beard, because it was around the time of Clone Wars, or so, I remember Ewan McGregor with the Obi-Wan Kenobi beard, I remember all of it, like, I swear I remember him being Sky Captain, and everything, like, all the trailers and everything, like, I accept I just misremembered them, but, like, that's the closest I- I've ever come to a Mandela Effect, and I would change dimensions for a Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow movie with Ewan McGregor as Sky Captain.
0: Did you? told me that if you told me if you just told me that without saying it was Jude Law I'd believe you
1: I've just at one point I was so horny I switched dimensions in which Ewan McGregor is not sky captain in the world of tomorrow
0: yeah um <clears throat> so so yeah at some point at some point like he was kind of stuck in like an interdimensional void the uh. Hyperion 2 And Master Mm. Menace kind of pulled him out of that void and replaced, replaced the, uh, quote unquote heroic, uh, Hyperion, who is a fascist, um, with him. And he, and he had like a, um, a not okay relationship with the Power Princess, who thought it was the, Oh, who thought it was the one that she knew all this time? And right, um, okay. And both the Hyperians like fought at one point, and the her- quote unquote heroic one uh, liquefied his brains with his with his uh, atomic vision and uh, went blind.
1: Hmm. And he grew hair on his tongue. I get it.
0: No, no, he literally went blind. And he had to wear like glasses so he can see. Like like they had to make like radio like they had to think of like uh, Gordy LaForge glasses. Uh, or Jordy. Jordy, sorry, not Gordy. Jordy. No, Gordy.
1: <laughs> Gordy. you know, Gordon LaForge, <laughs> as his friends call him. Gordy. Gordy.
0: Gordy, Uh I'm just I'm thinking of the Canadian <laughs> <laughs> Jordy. But think of that, like how he sees in kind of like infrared mm-hmm. and everything with his glasses. He had had one of those. So hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much him. He has Superman powers, and I don't care about him.
1: I super don't either. A theme of me being on this show is somehow it's just always people I don't give a sh- I don't care about.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't really care about these people
1: either. <laughs> that's fair. I mean...
0: <laughs> I mean, I care about a lot of them, but these are just, uh boring.
1: Unless it's Charles Xavier.
0: Uh, you know. It's things. So yeah, let's let's get be done. I also don't feel do you want to do plugs?
1: Uh sure. I'll do them quick because I I've already done them before. Uh check out my Twitter podcast, Set in Granada, where we watch the Shock Holmes uh 1980s Granada television series starring Jeremy Brett and Edward Hardwick and we read the stories and we talk about it. You can find us on everywhere podcasts are found, I'm pretty sure. You can find us on Twitter at n underscore granada. Uh, my other podcast, The Equalizers, we take movies that never got sequels or prequels, either because they're too good or they're too bad, and we come up with them. Jesse has been on both of those podcasts. By the time you're hearing this, I suspect we'll be just about to drop Jesse's episode of Granada. Uh, you can find The Equalizers episode at Troll in Central Park 2. Uh, the colon subtitle is Escaping my escaping me right now but you can find that everywhere uh podcasts are found and online everywhere by searching the equalizers we spell it e-q-u-e-l-i-z-e-r-s like in sequel
0: okay and i also don't feel like doing my plugs so i guess bye again